Welcome to episode seven, Passion Podcast, hosted by Ryan Hanna. Hello. So today, we're going to be going over headspace. What does that mean? We're going to go over all the stuff that takes place in our minds when we're moving towards a goal, either short-term or long-term. And... I really just want to get right into it. Today we're going to go over self-talk, a vision of the future, and how to break your long-term goals into bite-sized pieces that are less intimidating. So I want to start with self-talk. And before we get into this, I want to say that the way I go about talking to myself or motivating myself might be a little bit different than most people. And if you're like me, then you know that using using the dark parts of your mind or anger or fear can be very powerful when your motivation is just not there. Because motivation leaves you. You can feel motivated to go out and go for a run. And the next day it's a little cold out and you now don't want to go for a run because you're not motivated. So you have to tap into something when there's no motivation left. And people will say like discipline. Jocko Willink will say discipline equals freedom. Do the thing that you don't feel like doing. And I totally agree. But sometimes we have to find it in ourselves and motivate ourselves, find reasons to do the thing that's hard. So self-talk is one of those tools. And you have to go into your subconscious to really get these benefits. You have to be aware of your thoughts. You have to watch your thoughts. Know what you're thinking. And as you definitely know, as everybody knows, the subconscious is not just a bunch of fairies and butterflies. It's not just, oh, I'm happy all the time and I'm always filled with love and, and kindness. That's a beautiful lie that Disney movies would put into us and... Sometimes you'll see like Buddhist monks or gurus that are dressed in all these robes and all these fancy things and they look like they're this enlightened being and they're always filled with love and they're always kind and they have no dark parts about them. That's absolutely bullshit. That is bullshit. Because they're human beings and if you're a human being you are... That's it. Like, you have to have a dark part about you. You're fundamentally imperfect. There's always going to be a pair of opposites. So it's not all fairies and butterflies. And the things that you say to yourself, I'm willing to bet, aren't always positive. I think that about 70 to 80% of the thoughts that we have are negative. But when you start to understand why 
you say certain things to yourself. Then you can get into a state of mind where you use that as fuel. So let me give you an example. When I'm waking up in the morning, I like to get up early, around 4.30. I don't necessarily want to get up at 4.30. I'm tired, I'm cold, I want to just stay in my blankets. So when there's no motivation to get out of bed, I have to rely on my mind, the way that I talk to myself. And when I'm in that situation, I will say something to myself along the lines of, get up, you worthless piece of shit. I'll say something like that. So now I have it in my head that if I don't get up, I'm going to be an even more worthless piece of shit. And that kind of gets a little dark. I understand some of you are maybe a little concerned that Ryan is talking to himself this way, but I use it as fuel because it forces me to get out of bed because I don't want to feel any more worthless than I already do think I am. And the beautiful part about that is when I wake up, I can go and earn my worth every day. I have an opportunity to earn my self-worth. It's not going to be given to you. You're not always going to feel like that. But if I get up and I go for a seven-mile run and I come back and I say, oh, shit, okay. Yeah, I did that. That, that I feel good about myself. I forced myself to do that. So the reason that I say like some of these self-destructive thoughts to myself is because I know why I'm saying them. I'm saying them because they're motivating me to do something hard, to do something that I don't feel like doing but I know will be good for me. I know they will add value to my life. So I willingly go into those dark parts of my mind those repressed parts of yourself that you really don't want to look at because it's too painful. But when you willingly go into it, that's the only way you can use them as fuel. That's the only way you can tap into the power that they have. And I'm not saying you always need to do this. You don't always need to be going to the gym and saying, I hate myself, I want to just... Uh. You don't always need to be doing that. But when you don't feel motivated and you know you need to get in, you need to just put out. You need to. That's it. The, the spotlight's on you. You need to show out. Then you got to tap into something that is always going to be there. You're always going to be fearful. But when you direct it towards something that's valuable, when you direct it towards something that can add value to your life, then the other parts of your day are a lot less fearful because you've drained the battery. I'm not thinking to myself when I get back from a seven-mile run or when I come back from lifting weights, I'm not thinking to myself like, damn, I'm still worthless. I'm thinking, no, that I had a great day. I had a very productive and hardworking day. And I'll give myself a little pat on the back 
and then the next day I'll get right back at it. So if you're going to be doing this, if you're going to be talking to yourself in this way, this kind of like self-mutilation, you need to have a balance. You need to find the balance. And I'm a huge proponent of meditating and yoga and journaling, gratitude. So I make sure that I balance out the, the darkness with the light. I've accepted that the darkness will always be there. But if there is darkness, I only need a little bit of light to just completely change my mind and light up the landscape, so to speak. So it's really just a practice of detaching when, when it's okay to detach, when you know you need to detach. And if I'm getting to the point where I'm just talking down to myself because I want to torture myself, it's not even for motivation anymore. Now it's just torture. Then I detach and I practice that. It's hard. It's really hard to do, but it's what comes with the journey. All right. So we've got through self-talk. Now let's talk about your vision. Do you have a vision of the future? Where do you want to be? Who do you want to be with? What do you want with you when you're there? What do you want to be doing when you're there? This vision does not need to be a very clear-cut, exact place or person. It just needs to be a picture. Just have one little picture or even an object or something, some jewel that you're working towards and saying that in 10, 20, 30 years, that's where I see myself. For me, it's a just it's a ranch in Colorado. That's my vision. I'm sure I'll have a wife at that point, and I'll have a weed farm and maybe a mushroom farm. But the the vision, the center of my mandala of what I'm working towards is ranch in Colorado with the mountains. So it's just a picture. And I want to be doing psychedelic assisted psychotherapy for veterans and people that suffer from PTSD. That's what I want to be doing and that's where I want to be. And I want a wife and I eventually I'm sure I'm going to want children. So, okay, I have the vision. Now what? I have to start acting as though I have that now. And if I don't perform every day, if I don't go out and do the things that need to be done today, right now, then I'm going to lose it. It can be lost really easily because I still fuck up. Like I still fuck up all the time. And when I fail, I think to myself, you better come back stronger from this because you do not want to lose that ranch. So I'm doing it here and now. I'm focusing on what I'm doing right now. What's in front of me? I have to study. Okay, so I'm going to sit here and study. I have to go for a run. Okay, I'm going to go for a run. 
whatever it is. And even more important than that is cutting out the people and the things that are not in that future picture. When I'm there on my ranch, I'm probably not going to be getting belligerently drunk and just partying all the time. That's not what I see myself doing. So it's my job now to cut those things out of my life. They no longer serve me. That's the sacrifice that we make. When people say things like, you need to sacrifice for your goals, or you need to make sacrifices for your family and for your life, that's what I think they mean by that. I have to sacrifice going out and having fun with the guys at the bars because that's not helping me. That's not getting me to where I'm trying to go. All the college parties, I stopped going to parties midway through my sophomore year because I'm like, there's no, there's nothing I'm getting from this. This is not adding value to my life. It's actually making me a lot worse because now the next day I'm hung over and I don't want to do anything. I don't even want to work out. So I said, screw it. I'm not doing it anymore. I cut out the parties. I cut out the drugs. I cut out uh, toxic relationships. That's another huge one. There are people in your life that are toxic to you. And the reason that you still hang out with them, the reason you still see them, or if it's a person of the opposite sex, the reason you still hang out and hook up with them is because you're addicted to that bond that you formed. Humans are, are emotional creatures, and we, we evolved to form bonds with people. It's how we got here. So when you bond with someone, you release oxytocin in your brain, which is that feel-good love hormone. When you're in a toxic relationship, like with a girl or if you're a girl with a guy, that toxic relationship is giving you a huge amount of that oxytocin. You can look at it as if it's just a drug because it is. And you're addicted to that. That's why you go back to them. And you know on the inside, if you're in a toxic relationship, you know that it's toxic to you and that it's not helping you. But you rationalize and say, but I'm getting this from them. I'm getting sex from them. It feels so good to hang out with them. We have fun together. And that's when you need to reassess, look at that picture Look at that future vision and say, is that person going to be there? Do I want them there or do I want to have moved on from them? And if it's really toxic, truly toxic, then you will know that it's time to cut them out. And maybe it's not all at once where you delete everything and their phone number and you never hear from them or text them again. It could be a slow, gradual process over the course of weeks or months or even years. Like if you have a girlfriend of like seven years and it's just a just it's a mess, like you don't want to spend your life with this person and you know that, but you still want to see them and hang out with them, then it could take a couple of years before you're completely moved on and it's like they don't matter anymore. So know where you're at with those relationships and then slowly 
retract, slowly pull back, stop giving so much. There's going to be temptation to go back in, but you have to be aware that that is just your brain telling you that you want this hormone. You want that drug. Treat it like an addiction because it damn well is. People are very addicting, especially the cute girls. Oof. All right. So now you have the vision. You've cut out these people. You've cut out the the self-destructive things that you've been doing. You're talking to yourself more, and you're knowing why you're talking to yourself in these ways. So now what? If you have a long-term goal, it's best to break it into bite-sized pieces. I heard a Navy SEAL talk about this on a podcast. He was describing Hell Week and just BUDS in general, which is the Navy SEALs boot camp. Don't look at it as a whole pie. Don't look at it as the whole 180 days that you need to take down, you need to get through. Just take it one slice at a time. Take it one sunrise and one sunset at a time. Because if you start thinking about the, the, the next 130 hours or 130 days, like if you're in the middle of hell week and you're like, I have to do this for 80 more hours, there's just no way that you're going to be able to get through it because you're going to talk yourself out of it. You're going to say, this is too much. This is too big. So take it one little slice at a time. And with any long-term goal, this is the mentality that will help you get there and keep your sanity. Look at the micro. So take your long-term goal and then look at the three to five steps in between. Three to five major things in between that need to happen. So let me give you an, uh, an example. I want to be a doctor. So I want to be a psychiatrist, specifically working with MDMA for PTSD, as I just mentioned. So that's at the end, right? I'm going to put that at the end of the timeline. What is going to happen in between those points? Three to five major things is graduate college, take the MCAT, get into med school and graduate, get into a decent residency, and then psychiatrist MDMA. Those are like the four to five stages of how I'm going to get there. But if that's all I'm thinking about, I'm going to go nuts. Like you can't just do that and you can't just write those five things down and say, okay, now, like then what? Where do you start? So the way that I go about it is, okay, that's what I need to do. What, what's the first part? Graduate college and take the MCAT. So I need to take all these classes. I'll write down all the classes I need to take. And then my studying for the MCAT, I'm going to write down the schedule of how I'm going to study. And then I look at my week and I say, okay, week one, I'm going to do chapters X, Y, and Z. Week two, I'm going to do and so on. Taking it one week at a time and waking up in the morning on Monday and saying, okay, this is the start of the week. I'm going to focus on what needs to get done today. And I'm going to make sure that I do what I need to do today 
so that tomorrow I'm in a better position than if I had just fucked off and screwed around on Monday. And that requires being present. When I wake up Monday morning, I'm not thinking about Wednesday. I'm not thinking about Thursday or Friday or even next week. I'm thinking, okay, today is Monday. I wrote down everything that I need to do today. So I am just going to focus on each one of these things. The first thing is watch a lecture and then write this paper, do my homework, go to the gym. I'm going to just one step at a time. And for people that have trouble with discipline, this is the best way to build it. Write down your, your, you know, five to 10 things that you need to do that day. And then just one, one task at a time, start checking them off. Then you can let go of your entire, of all your anxiety about the long-term goal. I'm not exactly thinking about, you know, getting into med school or even graduating med school or getting a residency. That's not what I'm thinking about today as I'm recording this podcast because this was on my list and I just say, okay, today I need to do this podcast at nine o'clock and my mind is here. I'm not thinking about everything else going on in my life. So it's, the, it's a good way to just not get overwhelmed by the intimidation of the long-term goals. So I think it's really important to have like rituals in your day. Because if you write down five to ten things that you need to get done, like, okay, have a ritual for how you get those things done. Have something you do in the morning that shifts your mind into a state that is focused on what you're doing right now. The way that I do it is in the morning, I wake up at the same time every day, 4.30 every day. And then I'll get some kind of sweating in, whether it's a sauna session or for sometimes I'll go for a run and I'll do yoga and I'll take a cold shower. Then when I come up to my desk, this is the most important part of my day is I'll do a journal. One page I'll write out by hand what I'm doing, how I feel, what my plan is for the day what my workout's going to look like, what time I'm going to work out, everything. And then when I when I close the journal, my mind is now in that state. It's present on, okay, my first thing that I need to do is go and uh, do my genetics homework. So it's that ritual that keeps your sanity and it keeps you present. And I think journaling is one of the best things you could do. Writing down by hand what you're doing, how you feel, what your plan is, and just doing what's in front of you. Now, the last thing I want to go over is things that you do that don't really have anything to do with your vision or your life goals or even your short-term goals. Things that you like to do, hobbies. You can't just be in this go, go, go mindset all the time. 
I need to go to law school. I need to be a dentist. I need to be in the military. I need to do whatever it is. Because if you do that, you're going to burn out really quickly. You're just going to drive yourself nuts. You need to find things that you enjoy doing that can put your mind outside of time, where you stop worrying about time. You're in a flow state. Like it's, um, what's that saying? Time flies when you're having fun. For me, it's exercise or writing or doing this podcast or anything on my passion website, yoga, meditating, things that even if I didn't have this long-term goal, it's something that I could still see myself doing. I would still be doing this. I would still be going out and exercising even if I didn't want to be in, go to the Olympics. I don't want to go to the Olympics, but just an example. So find a hobby. Find something you enjoy doing. Reading. That's a big one. And that's going to be personal to you. It can't be, okay, everyone else is doing this, so I'm going to do it too. You know, and I, I, I hesitate to say, like, it could be anything like, I don't think watching TV or video games is necessarily something that is, well, maybe it's beneficial to you, but I think that it can be a rabbit hole, kind of like a drug addiction or getting drunk. Uh, but movies could definitely be one. Like Sundays, I'll spend a good part of the day just watching movies, and I'll be taking mental notes on the storyline and how characters develop, and then I'll try to parallel my own life in the character, like Star Wars. I'll just put myself in Luke Skywalker's shoes and say, okay, he faced these trials and I'm facing these trials. So I think that can be a healthy thing to do in moderation. But you have to find things that you like to do. If you just find yourself bored a lot, that's when you start second-guessing yourself, having doubts, losing that vision because you're too in your head. It's really just finding things to get outside of your head. And that's really the the last thing I wanted to talk about today. Your your mindset is going to be this is so cliche, but it's so true. Your mindset is what gets you to the next part of your life. It gets you to the next chapter. And whether you're aware of it or not, we all have a mindset whether it's positive or negative. Some people's mindset is, I'm a failure, and I'll never be that great thing that I see some people doing. I'll never get to the point where I can be proud of what I have or what I've built. That mindset is driving you into the ground. It's literally aiming you down. And then other people's mindset as a default could be, I'm going to succeed, and even when I fail, I'm going to figure out what happened so that I don't make that mistake again, and then they get better. That mindset is going to aim you up. So to close this off, I just want to say shoot for the stars. 
There's nothing to lose. You have nothing to lose. But at the same time, you have everything to lose. So make sure you're waking up and putting in 100% into what you're doing. Don't compare yourself to what this guy's doing or what that girl's doing because they really don't matter. They're not going to be the one that, that puts you on the ranch in Colorado. They're not going to be the one that gives you the job as a psychiatrist using MDMA for veterans. You're going to have to do that. And with that, I will close off, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Check out the uh, couple blog posts that I've been putting up on ryanhannapassion.com. And if you have any suggestions or comments or questions, just shoot me a message, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. That just sounded like a voicemail, so... I actually don't have a voicemail message. I find that strange. I never have. It just gives you that automated, like, this is an automated voice messaging system. Please leave a message. And ugh, Who even leaves messages anymore? Like, what the fuck? Okay, anyway. See you guys later.